Welcome to Superhouse. Welcome everybody to episode 56. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Lun Dieppe. He is a council member for San Jose in California, and he has recently become pretty famous for holding up the Captain America shield as he was sworn into office. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. My name is Lund Diep. I am the, a city council member for the city of San Jose, California, the 10th largest city in the United States. I am our city's first American-born uh, Vietnamese councilman. Sweet. And can you tell us what exactly does a council member do? You know, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. Uh, a council member uh, in San Jose, we have uh, 10 council members plus the mayor. So the council has 11 votes. Um, every Tuesday, we meet to vote on the issues um, that are put before the city. It could be anything from giving raises to uh, police officers to uh, you know, allowing money to be spent to fix potholes um, or you know, signing contracts with uh, outside parties to um, do studies about um, technology and uh, whatever else may, may need to be done. So it's, it's a wide-ranging uh, job. And recently uh, in San Jose, we had um, flooding, uh, three days of, of rain and flooding in San mm -hmm. Jose. You might have seen that. And so I'm sure in the next council meeting, we'll be discussing relief efforts. Okay. Great. Is this a full-time position, a council member, or is it uh, not, not every day? Uh, in the city of San Jose, it is a full-time job. Okay, cool. And have you uh, run for office before, or is this your first time, or...? Uh, I've run uh, once in 2015. Um, I lost that election by 13 votes. I ran again in 2016 for the same seat, and I won by 12. Okay, awesome. Cool. And basically, you it seems like you, you, you garnered a lot of uh, media attention from whenever you were sworn into this position when you, hold, when you held a Captain America shield, right? Yeah, that was completely unexpected. Um, I took out the shield on a whim. <laughs> and, um, you know, I wish I could tell you how to bottle um, media attention or, or bottle whatever makes you go viral. But uh, I was not anticipating at all. It was actually my third swearing-in ceremony. I did um, one official, my official swearing-in was in December because my term starts on January 1. Uh, but, uh, you know, the first of the year was a Sunday and then it was observed on Monday. So I really didn't start the job until the third um, to make sure that I'm official. They swear us in in December. And then in um, the middle of January, I held a second swearing in for the public, uh, a ceremonial one where I, I had uh, lots of friends and family come. Um, I had elected officials from around the area come and help swear me in. Uh, and I thought that was a very meaningful ceremony. So this third one was just be, right before my first council meeting and they have you uh, get sworn in before you start voting. And uh, it was the second council meeting of the year. My colleagues, uh, my fellow new council members had all already been sworn in and I was the one who missed the first meeting. Uh, so I got sworn in by myself and I thought, well, how do I make this fun? And I brought it to shield. And was everybody, everybody else was probably just as 
well, they were surprised, I, I would assume. Yes, uh, completely unexpected, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> to say the least. I had it snuck in by a staff member of mine left under my desk. And so I showed up, I showed up for the meeting empty-handed. Um, and then when they called me up to take the oath, I, I reached under my desk and pulled out the shield. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And is Captain America your favorite character? Or? You know, um, I have I have grown very fond of Captain America, especially in this last month or so. Uh, I realize that I have been forever associated with Captain America. Um, the shield is displayed prominently in my office. Uh, but <laughs> truth be told, um, I'm more of a DC guy. Oh, really? Uh, so I grew up uh, reading Superman and, and Batman, and I would dabble um, in Marvel comics uh, more recently. Now as an adult, I, I do a lot more Marvel. But uh, Captain America, uh, because I feel that's the most appropriate for a politician. And quite frankly, I had the shield. I didn't go buy the shield for this. Um, okay. I, 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 I've had it for about two years. And I bought it after Captain America, the first adventure came out. I thought it was a legit looking shield. Nice. Um, it was a movie prop replica by EFX uh, Collectibles. And um, I had it hanging out in my closet. And I thought, when, I'm, when am I ever going to get to you know, prominently show this off? And to me, the shield is just a giant flag pin, right? It's right, patriotic. Right. It, it symbolizes the stars and stripes, all of the things that the American flag and Captain America embody. Um, so... It was entirely appropriate, in my opinion. It wasn't like I, I brought out uh, Aquaman's trident. Right, 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 right. <laughs> cool. Uh, th what were some of your favorite characters or shows uh, growing up? You know, I learned English completely by watching television. Oh, okay. So I watched so much TV. Um, I still can probably sing by heart uh, most of the theme songs. Uh, from TV shows that were on air in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, in terms of like comic books and cartoons, um, you know, I watched Ninja Turtles. I got into comic books because of the Archie Ninja Turtle comic books. Oh. Uh, and then one day um, I was walking by this comic book store and I saw the, the S-Shield on a coffin. I thought, oh my gosh, Superman is dead. <laughs> and so I went in and I decided to buy, you know, the 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 issue where Superman dies, because that's going to be worth something someday, I thought. Um, and then that was the end of it. Maybe like a month later, I was in the grocery store and I saw a comic book that said, uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was Adventures of Superman 500. And it said, uh, Superman back from the dead or something like that, the return of Superman. And I thought, what, what is this? <laughs> and so I picked it up. And I just kept on picking up all the issues for the reign of Superman. Um, and um, I just got sucked into it. Uh, yeah, so that's how I got into uh, DC Comics. And you're still completely fluent in Vietnamese? Uh, I still have more to learn, I'm sure, but I, I have native speaking ability, yes. Okay, that's cool. Um, this is kind of off topic, I mean, off of our little schedule here, but Vietnamese has, uh, I'm kind of a language nerd myself, mm -hmm. Vietnamese has more tones than, than even um, Chinese, I heard, is that true, or...? I don't think that's true. Okay. Um, Vietnamese has five tones. Okay. And I forget how many Chinese has, but it's about the same or perhaps more. Uh, Mandarin has four and Cantonese has six. Oh, okay. Well, then Vietnamese has five. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, but 
the thing about Vietnamese is that uh, it's written um, using the uh, Latin alphabet. Right. So it's clearer. You can, if you understand how, how the accents work, you can read Vietnamese, you know, after you learn it. You may not know what you're saying, but the, but the pronunciation is on point. Like, there's never a mistake about that. Right, right, right. Um, whereas in English, there's a long E, a short E. It, it kind of trips you up. You have to get a sense of it. But right. if you just follow the accents in Vietnamese, you can never go wrong. Right. Yeah, it's, it's totally in Roman letters. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. All right, cool. Back to our scheduled program. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so do you go to conventions a lot? Do you cosplay? or? You know, I went to UC San Diego, and I have never set foot in the uh, San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because I was, always, I was always out and about um, doing uh, – stuff during the summer right right so I, I never actually made use of living in san diego but if people who are organizing conventions hear me on this podcast san diego or anywhere else want to invite me i will come out this summer on the on the comic book con circuit and i'll bring the shield so just let me know <laughs> that's cool <laughs> my twitter is l-t-d-i-e-p there you go all right cool and you've never but no i don't i don't oh, cosplay Okay, yeah. But you would yeah, kind of I, cosplay as yourself swearing in. Yes, I can do that. <laughs> uh, but I think my, not that I'm against cosplay, but I think with my personality, I would spend way too much money on it. Ah, uh, <laughs> you're afraid so, to get hooked. I don't, I don't like the, the toys they have in like Toys R Us, right? Because it's, they're obviously toys. But the shield that I bought is life-sized and realistic looking. And you can kind of imagine yourself as that. So if I were to have a Halloween costume, I wouldn't go to the costume store and buy an off-the-rack thing. I would really try to look like Captain America. Uh, and that right. just takes too much effort because I wouldn't wear that again a second time in another right. year. You'd have to go next year and try and outdo yourself. So it's just, a, it's just an endless cycle. All right. Joey, you were going to take the next two? Yeah, Lon. Um, so I wonder, I had seen, saw this quote um, when you're sworn in with Captain America's shield, uh, you know, I want to shine a ray of optimism. I think it's a symbol of what's positive in this darkened political landscape. And you also, uh, you know, you're, um, oh, I'm sorry how to put this, but you're a Republican. Um, I, I guess, <laughs> not, not, sorry, I was trying to say that was like, it's a bad thing. I was trying to, do you view yourself as Republican or are you sort of, um, I guess, listed, I guess. Um, anyway. Um, I guess I just wanted you to elaborate on uh, sort of that quote and um, just sort of you as a Republican sort of, you know, sort of tell us about, uh, I guess, your sort of views. Um, sure. sure. Um, first of all, I, I don't want to make it seem like I gave that much forethought into this um, before I did it. Right. Mm -hmm. I was aiming for the crowd in the chambers. I wanted to make them laugh, make them smile, um, maybe get uh, a little bit of Twitter coverage. And then that was it. Um, I did not anticipate the entire nation and, and uh, maybe even the world to pick this up and, <laughs> and, and uh, spread it everywhere with all the interviews uh, and you know this podcast included that arose out of my my action. Uh, but you know after the fact, I, I do see that there is meaning in what I did, or, or people have assigned meaning to it, mm -hmm. and I, I um, am very humbled and um, honored by that. I think that, you know, there were people who said, oh, you're so cool. I wish you were my council member. Um, there were people who called me an embarrassment to the political process. Uh, but then there were people who reached out to me and said, you know, thank you for 
reminding me that it's not about political party. It's about the person and it's about the policy. Uh, mm -hmm. Coming from a lifetime Democrat, the fact that you did that um, and you, that you took the stance that you did um, in regards to President Trump's uh, executive orders on immigration, uh, I'm going to do my best from now on to um, not look at just the party. And that, to me, uh, was such a great thing to hear to hear those kind of comments, because, you know, even though I didn't intend to make a political statement with, with what I did, um, the fact that people can project onto that um, and find some sort of positive message, uh, I feel that I've, I've done some small part uh, to bring that light of optimism into the political climate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as a Republican who believes in limited government, who believes that, you know, uh, Washington, D.C. shouldn't micromanage how we all live in, across the 50 states. Um, I believe in local control. And um, I've been a lifelong Republican, right? No, no mm -hmm. plans to, to change anytime soon. I think the Republican Party as it stands now um, is clearly not the Republican Party that, that I joined or I envisioned joining. Uh, but, you know, there needs to be people to stick around to um, address and, and, and contribute uh, and put the Republican Party on a path that I think um, is more positive and, and is more um, centrist. And the truth can be said for the Democratic Party, too, I true, think. True, true. Uh, so I, I don't feel that it's, you know, just because I don't agree with everything on the national platform, I abandon party. I think mm -hmm. you double down and, and you make the party better. But also, I, I'm, I also think that there's the party, but then there's the individual, right? Not everything necessarily has to go through the party. Right. Um, the GOP is the grand old party. It's a big tent party. And there can be a lot of, of different um, viewpoints within that party. Correct. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah, because I, with the shield and sort of like politics, uh, you know, when I was younger, you know, I, I think for most of us, we've been reading comics since we were like kids. And, you know, we sort of, before I sort of got into politics or really do much about politics, you know, uh, I was probably like 18 or, you know, early 20s. Um, you know, you sort of look at like, you know, like Captain America, sort of like Superman, they're sort of the Boy Scouts. And, uh, sort of like, you know, you want to do good in the world, you know. And sure. so it was kind of cool to see that, you know, with you put that – with you with the shield as, you know, getting into this political climate as it is now and sort of, you know, take it's a little lighthearted, you know. And just kind of, like you said, maybe going for a little laugh or something and, you know, it's just kind of like um, – I don't know. It, it sort of really took me back to sort of like, you know, as a kid, you're just like, yeah, I just want to do – I just want to do good, you know. I want to, I want to help America. I want to, uh, you know – like like with what you did, uh, I was reading about the the BP oil spill, like going down and helping out with relief efforts and you know things things of that nature. I just I personally just thought it was really cool and I really appreciate it. I mean, thank you for saying so. I, I think that um, that's precisely what I was aiming for. I think there's always an approach to to there are always many approaches to any given problem. You can approach it from the right side or the left side, conservative or liberal side. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to do something to advance um, a solution. Mm -hmm. You can't just always say no to oppose a party in power uh, so that you can get power. Um, once you're in power, you have to do something meaningful with it. And um, I'm of the belief that the pendulum, the political pendulum swings back and forth. You know, every right. eight years or so it goes Democrat to Republican and then back. Uh, so I'm not too concerned about the country veering hard right or hard left because I know just a few years down the line there's a moderating force 
Um, I'm more concerned about temperament. I'm more concerned about, um, uh, you know, personality, uh, about morals, and uh, putting people into office, electing leaders who are willing to work across party lines to mm-hmm. advance some sort of solution. Because you can't get everything you want, um, right. but at least you get some of what you want. And uh, w- what's important is, is serving the people that, that you're elected to serve. Correct. All right. Uh, awesome. So, uh, what what got you into government in the first place? Did you have a family member that that was that was doing it, or or, or you're the first, or what? No, my parents were political refugees from Vietnam. They they were boat people who came over after the war. Um, they always taught me that uh, I owe a debt of gratitude to the United States. Um, that I'm lucky to live here. That if they didn't arrive in the United States and they weren't welcomed and um, given all this assistance and the opportunities to educate themselves and, and me, um, you know, I'd be in Vietnam and, and my life would be drastically different under communism, under single party rule. And I've always taken that to heart. So I've always tried to not waste any opportunity I've been given here, did well in school, um, worked hard uh, and made something of myself. And then once I got there, I, I you know, always tried to give back. Um, like you were saying, I went down to the Gulf Coast after the BPO was built to help small business owners and fishermen um, mm-hmm. get get compensation from BP. Uh, I got into local office, uh, running for office, after sitting through um, a few candidate and training courses. I always thought that I had a strong interest in politics, but I never really seriously thought I'd run. And then this very seat opened up in a special election in 2015 because the sitting council member uh, ran for state assembly and um, and uh, won, so he vacated his seat. And I ran in the special uh, because people asked me to. And I thought to myself, well, hey, government needs to know what I know. I have all these experiences as a, as a Vietnamese American, as, as somebody who has a mindset of a refugee, who's lived in lots of places from Mississippi to New Orleans, uh, to Las Vegas, to Washington, D.C., to Houston, Texas, and San Jose, California. Um, and I just wanted to... Uh, have a seat at the table because I really believe that um, service is a strategy of uh, applying local solutions to our nation's most pressing problems. That's interesting. Is there, I mean, so you, you went over to the, the, you know, you helped out the people that were dealing with the BP oil spill and, and um, you said you grew up, uh, you know, learning English from superhero shows and, I was just wondering, um, you know, like superhero stories are essentially, you know, the standard superhero story is, is kind of like a morality tale. And do you, do you think that, uh, especially in your younger life, watching all of these types of stories and reading about them, has that informed how you, do you think that informed how you act as a council member today? I would have to say yes. I mean, I couldn't tell you how exactly. Um, I think there's some psychoanalysis that is required there. <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I definitely think that um, I believe the things I read growing up. You know, the, the, the stories of the person who is a loner, um, who's ostracized by society, somehow having these powers or these abilities. Superman is, in, is the, the last of, of 
his his kind and he arrives on earth and he's by himself and somehow he's the most american of us all because he grew up in kansas and he has his powers and instead of ruling over us he decides to serve us and and inspire us to be the best that we can be you know captain america is a is a world war ii era guy who, and he gets trapped in ice and he comes back and he's in the modern world but he's also set apart because he's lonely and and the world that he lives in now is not the world he remembered and yet he still tries to do what he can to inspire um, people to to rise to the ideal of America. Um, you know, any other superhero, Batman, Spider-Man, they, they're all born of tragedy. They, they're all um, loners in a sense, trying to fit in and trying to save everyone that would ostracize them um, otherwise, right? So I've always found value um, and taken solace in setting myself apart. You know, growing up, I was the the token Vietnamese kid in Houston, Texas. Um, <laughs> no other Vietnamese people in in my um, general area. There were a few. Uh, I remember one Vietnamese girl in my grade, but in a different class, so I barely ever saw her. Um, there was like one or two a few years above me. But uh, I was by myself. Like the things I brought in for lunch, you know, I couldn't really explain what I was eating. They had other people had bologna <laughs> sandwiches and, and <laughs> pizza. And, and I had like these things that I just didn't have the words for, um, except in Vietnamese. Right. Right. So I was always different. You know, I, I was never the jock. I, I didn't learn sports until I was in PE. Right. My dad didn't take me to the park on on weekends to throw the football around or throw the baseball <laughs> around. Um so I, I, I was always different. And instead of trying to um, compete to be better than everyone else at a game that I could clearly not win, and I'm not talking about sports. I'm just talking about, like, the game of being American. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I went and I tried to add value with things that um, other people didn't have. So when other people were, um, you know, excelling at football or baseball or, or whatever else – you know, I went and I learned magic tricks oh, and really? nice. I, I, you know, could do stuff with a deck of cards or rubber bands or coins. And I made friends that way. Right. When uh, everyone else was, you know, um, speaking perfect English and I was still struggling, uh, I made sure to kind of perfect my Vietnamese so that I would never lose it. And now I speak English pretty well or and, and Vietnamese is pretty good, too. Uh, <laughs> and that's a skill set that has helped me in my adult career. Um, so my, my, my general view is anytime that two people are in a room or at a table and they have the same strengths or same background or same experience, um, one of them is redundant. I mean, that's not to say it's not good to have them both, but one of them is redundant. And so I always try to make sure that I uh, bring a skill set or a life experience um, or a superpower, if you will, um, to the set so that I can be part of an ensemble um, cast a Justice League or an Avengers group, um, and I am indispensable. Awesome. So, like we we talk about we've talked about politics before on this podcast. We we mainly cover a lot of pop culture stuff, but basically, uh, you know, we're we're capable capable of talking about politics and pop culture, like kind of all at once. But I feel like. Sometimes people might not see that and they might not understand that like the same person can be interested in both of those things because one might be kind of, you know, ultimately for more for, for children, politics more for adults. But um, do, do you find that 
were people kind of like uh, surprised that you were going into politics because of your interests, or, or do, do you think that it's kind of um, do people just not expect uh, the same person to have both these interests at the same time? Um, I don't know if there is a disconnect in that regard. I mean, I'm a lawyer as well. And in the legal community, a lot of us happen to be magicians. Um, oh, go figure. <laughs> but, um, and so in the political world, I, I don't know that uh, it's against type to like comic books. Um, I, I just don't know. I do know that I didn't um, wear this on my sleeve as much when, when I was running for office. I mean, my personal friends knew I, I read comic books. I'm, I'm always dropping references. Uh, but in the public, I, I wasn't quite so nerdy. And then when I took the shield out, it was a lighthearted moment, but then it took off and I'm forever associated with being the geeky or, or fun loving councilman. Uh, and in a way it's kind of liberating uh, to be perfectly honest because now um, everyone expects it. And so I'm at liberty to be as nerdy um, or to make as many references as I want. And I, and I love it. Um, so, so yeah. <laughs> Some people, sometimes people don't understand what you're talking about. Yes, I mean, but I always try to make it accessible, right? I'm not, okay. I'm not uh, just making references for a certain group. I, I give context, I build up to it, I, I set the scene. Um, I, I do it for my own sanity, for my own personal um, kind of humor, um, first of all. But also, I, I do it because I think analogies and references. Um, when you tap into pop culture, when you, when you tap into things that are immediately accessible by the general public uh, to draw a parallel with some sort of idea that is less accessible, I think that that is a teaching moment. I think that it immediately makes policy, which can be dry and boring and wonky, um, immediately relevant to their lives, um, You know, just off the top of my head. Right now, we're talking about registries in the United States, whether it's an immigration registry or, or a religious registry, basically the government going around and, and marking um, who's what, right? And if you read Civil War, the first one, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. you can kind of see that, oh, that argument that, that was made in like those four or those five or six issues um, of Civil War and the fight between Captain America and Iron Man, well, that, that same kind of argument can be made um, today. And the arguments are for and against it, right? Iron Man and Captain America had, had different viewpoints. Right. Um, and, you know, they were substantiated. And depending on what side you want to go on this time, you know, you can make this debate accessible um, to people who read those comics. And maybe right. they don't see the parallel. Hmm. Yeah, because those are those are written probably what fifteen years ago. Is it that long? Ten, fifteen? At uh, least ten, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh, so as a council member, um, what's next? Do you uh, think of uh, continuing this for a little while? Maybe moving up to a higher position, or. You know, I, I just gotta have fun first and, first yeah. and foremost. I gotta have fun. <laughs> I gotta be effective. I gotta feel effective, mm -hmm. um, and I gotta feel that I I've earned another term or a higher seat. I I'm not right. locked in on some sort of career path where, you know, I'm plotting my way to the White House. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's it's just uh, one day at a time, uh, helping one person at a time, one community at a time. And right. if I feel that I still have um, 
the the ability to keep on helping at higher levels, I, I, I will. Um, but you know, the opposite is also true. If I feel worn down and I feel that uh, this job or politics starts changing me and I feel uncomfortable with my reflection in the mirror, um, mm -hmm. I won't keep going. Right. Where do you feel like you, you, you want to help out most right now? What's, what do you, what's like the current, I don't know, what'd you call it a project? What are your current projects going on right now? Well, San Jose is the 10th largest city in the United States. Uh, we bill ourselves as the capital of the Silicon Valley. Uh, it's a great place to live. I think, though, that they, we have lots of issues like um, really high cost of living. Mm -hmm. uh, rent is unaffordable. Uh, our public transit system is not the best. Um, but and, and also just as a, a PR thing, like a lot of people know about San Francisco, but not enough know about yeah. San Jose. So I want to you know, help address all those things, uh, attract more jobs. Uh, build more housing, um, help people transition out of homelessness, uh, make sure that our public transit uh, is uh, really up to par for the 21st century, um, fix basic things like pot potholes, um, you know, uh, traffic impacted roads, maintain our parks and libraries. Uh, those are the kind of the basic nuts and bolts of, of being a city council member. Um, they're not really the bigger things that we hear about, like immigration or, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, whatever else. I, I think that the boring stuff is, is at the city level, as it should be. Um, but you can make it fun and accessible uh, by trying to expand the material to a wider audience by making it more relevant, either through pop culture or through comic books or through movie, movie references. Um, or just by explaining things in a way that is just beyond what is typically done. Uh, my, at my last council meeting, I, I brought in a, a clip from Rocky Balboa <laughs> to illustrate a point. And um, I, I got a lot of good feedback from that as well. Do the council members get, do they vote on stuff like adding new lines, new, new train lines to the city, or is that another position? Uh, that's county, because okay, a city okay. in itself would be too small. But okay. uh, yes, we we would vote on things like uh, letting certain train lines go through our city, for for instance, or or uh, contributing to funding, you know, uh, to help the county bring stuff in. So it's it's land use. A lot of it is land use. How much of uh, authority do we give the county to uh, go into our city and and you know remake the light rail or or bus routes or um, you know metro, et cetera? Okay, and you and you're working along with. Uh... Elon Musk in, in any capacity? I mean, probably not directly, but... Uh, yeah, not directly, but we would love to have um, Tesla come uh, come to San Jose and start, you know, a new company or, or something like that. I, Tesla is, is uh, in the Bay Area, of course, but just not in San Jose. So San Jose doesn't get the benefit of, of that uh, tax revenue. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> What what shows are you watching now that you enjoy, or have you seen a superhero movie lately that you hated or loved? Or, um, since I entered office, I have had very little time for my my TV um, uh, stuff. I, I watch a lot of TV still. Uh, comic book shows. I, I watch Arrow, Flash, um, Supergirl, Agents of Shield, Gotham. Uh, when I have time, I do the Netflix stuff. Uh, Jessica Jones daredevil um and in terms of movies 
the last superhero movie I watched, I think, was Batman versus Superman, and okay. uh, I I liked Superman uh, the Batman performance by Ben Affleck more than I thought I would, but uh, the movie overall I thought was a bit too dark for for, uh-huh. for the character. <laughs> I think that DC is trying to become Marvel, which is funny because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, is quite lighthearted, uh, but the Marvel books are more um, tragic and gritty in a sense. You know, the, the superheroes <laughs> in Marvel uh, books are supposedly real people. They have real problems. Right, right. You know, Peter right, Parker right, has right. powers. He goes and saves the day, but he's late for school. He, he misses dates. Um, you know, they're, they're relatable in that sense. The DC comic book characters for me growing up were iconic, right? Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, not so much um, mental anguish, but they were the people who rose above their problems and inspired because they had a clear sense of right and wrong. And the Marvel characters were more ambiguous because they were the anti-heroes or or the heroes like Iron Man who also had drinking problems or, or Bruce Banner who's the Hulk but also has you know anger issues. Um, you know, X-Men, mutants who have powers but they don't necessarily want them because they'd rather fit into society rather than be a mutant. Um, you know, there was more ma- moral ambiguity in the Marvel books, less so in DC. And I grew up appreciating that. I liked the moral clarity. I liked, you know, being inspired and wanting to run the cape and, you know, saving the day, always doing what right. was right. Um, but I think in recent years, DC's try to become more like Marvel, try to inject more moral ambiguity into their books. And um, I'm not saying you can't do that, but uh, I'd rather see DC be DC than DC try to be Marvel. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes, yeah, like they've kind of like switched positions as far as you know the especially older DC. It seemed like that was more for younger kids, and at the and at the same time, Marvel the comics were for maybe young teens or older teens. But now the movies, it's almost it's a switch where the movies are for teens for DC, and then for Marvel, it's you know the movies are more for a younger audience. It's it's interesting what's what's kind of happened. They flipped. Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm more of a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe than I am the DC one. Right, I can see that. I mean, I still like the Superman Returns with the uh, Brandon Broth or whatever. Like the, the story was a bit weird uh, for me, but I like that portrayal of Superman. The kind of the aw shucks, like you know, I'm <laughs> I the world still needs a savior. How are you, Miss Lane? Um, portrayal of Superman as opposed to like the the gritty, you know, um, I'm always angry, <laughs> super bad. Right. All right, cool. Um, well, I guess it's going to do it for me. How about you, Joey? Um, I think you definitely have my vote. Um, you know, <laughs> I think for, for most of us, we, you know, we live in Los Angeles. Uh, uh, we've got a few other guys uh, in other places, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy you uh, coming on and talking with us. Um, Again, you definitely have my vote. Everything you've we sort of talked about, I'm definitely uh, uh, you know rooting for you on. Um, and good luck. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you so much to your listeners for their kind attention. Um, it has been a blast for me. Stay in touch. Uh, invite me back on whenever, and uh, you know, please send me a link to this when, when you're done. We'll, we'll do. do. And uh, yeah, if you could um, just uh, throw your Twitter name out there one more time for us. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at L T D I E P, and then on Facebook, um, I'm at L A N F O R S A N J O S E, London for San Jose. 
Thanks again, everybody, for listening. This has been episode 56. Thank you again, Lund Dieppe. It was so awesome that you came on, and we hope to have you on again. Um, anyway, check you later. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew from Superhouse. I'm just here to remind you guys to check out our Patreon page. It's at patreon.com slash superhousepodcast. And also, we have an email. You can email us directly at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. And we are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please check us out there. Thanks. Network.